Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 9, titled The Snatch Game. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one terrible, awful human... Okay, I don't write this script, Taylor. This is completely written by Luke Stamen, our producer. I can't believe okay. he wrote that in here. Why one awful human being from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... She loves picnic baskets. To- <laughs> yes! To yes. Taylor... The Latte Boy. <laughs> Hello, Taylor Latte That's Boy. That's my favorite one so far. That is my favorite one. So no, far. it's not. Of the season or the whole series? Of the season. Oh, okay. Of the season. Yeah, yeah. That is my favorite one so far, I think. Um. Anyway, Taylor, how are you? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Guys, I got to tell you. Taylor and I just had a great conversation that's available only to Patreon supporters called Just Between Us Girls. Taylor gave all the tea. He, trust me, all the tea. It was where he parked, who was in what car at a drive a drive and drag show he went to where Bianca Del Rio hosted. Mm-hmm. He gave us who he liked, who he didn't like, and it would be surprised. He, you would be surprised by who surprised him. Well, like a good surprise. Yeah. But also yes. some disappointments. Yes. Yeah. Definite disappointments. Yeah. And you can hear all that. And we also talked about, oh, we'll promote it here on the public feed too, but like upcoming Afterthought Media Convention next year. Mm-hmm. We talked about movie posters and Funko Pops. If you like any of those things, go over to patreon.com slash Afterthought Media and join at the premium level. And you will get all that and more. By the way, I got to tell you something, Taylor. And yep. uh, if you're in the exclusive tier, if you're in the exclusive tier, you know what it is. But no one else knows what it is. There is a big show dropping Monday night on the exclusive tier. No one. It's been done in secret for a month. And Taylor just found out about it last week. And Taylor has no comment. just looking in the blanket. <laughs> But uh because I because I I'm feverishly trying to remember what it is. And okay. uh do you remember what it is now? Not, yeah. So it's it's dropping Monday night. Hold on, I'm gonna write it on a piece of paper. God damn it. <laughs> I'm such a it's such a two great week since I've been on. I don't such a great uh surprise. Uh oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. that drops on Monday night in the exclusive tier. If you, I'm look, here's the problem. Patreon's trying to solve this. Well, I'm not going to talk about it right here on the air because the public feed doesn't care about this. Anyway, exclusive tier, big show dropping Monday night. Um, Taylor, uh, how are you? Everything well? It's been, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Did you watch this COVID special they did? I didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I didn't watch it because I feel like w- w- while we haven't lived it through the lenses of the season 12 girls, I've been we've been living with COVID for the last year. I don't want to watch documentaries on it. And it was nice to take... A break, you know, as I mentioned on Just Between Us Girls, our uh, nephew was in town, so we didn't necessarily have to watch that. We actually went through and watched the beginning of the season and watched uh, the first episode where everybody paired up against each other Mm -hmm. with him. Um, And he had ones that he thought, oh, she's definitely going to win, and she didn't, and vice versa. And I feel like there was a couple that 
Rue got it wrong. There was a I, I, yeah. there was a couple of them that I thought that wasn't that wasn't the right choice. We're doing this for storyline purposes. Yeah. We're not doing this because they were the better of the two. I have a question you know? for you. Mm-hmm. You got lucky in that your nephew was here the week you had off. Or yes. let, me, let me rephrase: the week you took off. And <laughs> I I was told on the air that he was taking it off as well. And uh, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It wasn't an actual episode. If it was an actual episode, we would have talked about yeah, it. They yeah. said it was a documentary. And um, but it, let's say they had a new episode. Does your nephew know you have a drag race related show? Uh I think he does. I I believe Robert Alou said something to that effect, and he went really. And I said yes. And I'm not telling you the name. <laughs> yeah, because then he's gonna hear about you uh, fucking or you know, Babalu fucking your wound and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, that's out there in the universe. Yeah, we don't we don't, we don't need to scar that young mind. But that's good that your real name's not on it. No, exactly. That yeah. that that's part of the reason I use a fake name. You've made yeah. fun of me for years because I use a fake name, and but that's why he can never find it. He can never ever find it. Too bad it's one of the most popular podcasts out there. He's just scroll down. <laughs> I was going like, to say, yeah. If only he was looking for a recap show. He about just has RuPaul's the yeah. drag race. Okay, it's not it's race chaser. Dragon. It's not drag her. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like right. us at All Right Mary. It's like I wanted. To, I want to watch Drag Race and watch a listen to a recap show. Yeah. I just type in those things. Yeah. I wonder if something will come up. Yeah. Oh, here's one called Drag Race Recap, and he sounds just like uh, Uncle Taylor, the caffeine boy. <laughs> does he call you Uncle? Or does he call you? He did once or twice. He, he doesn't call uh, Babalu Uncle Babalu. Uh, he calls him. He, he calls him Bobo. Okay. <laughs> He's called him Bobo since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, now Which is he funny because his... Babalu goes with a Bobo. That's not. It's not like a. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, so but but I think I feel like he did. I re- repeatedly because my niece and nephew do that with me mm-hmm. for some reason, where they don't. No, they call me. They call me Uncle Taylor, but they would call Babalu. Babalu instead mm-hmm. of Uncle Babalu. So I got to where I was writing in like Christmas cards and stuff, Uncle Uncle Taylor and Uncle Babalu and and that sort of thing. And when they were here last year, I feel like I heard it once. I heard Uncle. But with my nephew, that his nephew, I was saying, Your uncle wants you to do this, or could you please help your uncle with da 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 sort of thing. So that way he hopefully he knows to do that. But I feel like he called me Uncle Taylor once, maybe. I don't know. This week, the queens try to make Rue laugh in the season snatch game. On the runway, the category is fascinating fascinators. Got mixed Paris Hilton steals the show and snatches the win while Utica and Elliot are forced to lip sync for their lives. In the end, Elliot's two T spell out ta-ta and she's asked to sashay away. Taylor's latte boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I this episode was just kind of standard fare mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, the, the, I I think the Gottmik's performance as Paris Hilton, I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never been a big fan of Paris Hilton, um, just because, and I feel like Gottmik played her in a way that was very smart. Kind of similar to what we saw on Snatch Game for Drag Race UK two weeks ago with mm-hmm. uh, Bimini doing Katie Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did played dumb, very smart kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, 
something else that I liked was I liked some of the looks, some of the some of the fascinator looks. Um, I, I'm sure at least one we will definitely be talking about. Mm-hmm. Something I did not like was I. It felt like Rue was when they did the table visits was very much they could have come out mm-hmm. with a flawless outfit and she would have said something just to try to fu- like it, it felt very forced the trying to fuck with their heads before they actually go out and perform hmm. um i said interesting i sent you i sent you a message last night to remind me about something when we get to table reads that yeah. i just thought about and just am just it just was partic- she was particularly annoying last night rupaul was rupaul was yes interesting interesting uh, for me, um, it's funny because this is also going to be the thing I didn't like as well. It's one of those dual roles today. Uh, one of the things I liked was a snatch game. Uh, people showed up prepared. No matter what you say, there was no one who was unprepared, which is funny would, that it's, I would agree with that. This is the first time I think I can think of, and this is season 13 that we've had everybody prepared, you know? I feel like there's always somebody who's like, oh, whatever, right? Everybody was prepared. Now, how successful it was, right, was different, but they were all prepared. Um, two, I gotta be honest with you. Maybe there's the person in me who kind of roots for the underdog. I really appreciated the love for pork chop, bringing her on, having her do the quote unquote, like making her win. Does that make sense? Even though it was yes. all rigged and everything like that. Even if if Porkchop, you know, either Porkchop was going to get the point and she wins, or Raven got the point in this case, and Porkchop still wins, which is so funny because then Raven loses. And right. uh, it was great. I, I think it's been very good how they've done this positive reinforcement for Porkchop because she's the butt of the joke, but then they also hold her up, and so that's great. Um, uh, the thing I did not like the snatch game because now that they're <laughs> now that they're all prepared. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some standouts. Like, I particularly liked Harriet Tubman. I thought um, Paris Hilton was very good. But, um, you know, someone like Rosé and uh, Candy Muse, they were fine. But it wasn't particularly great. Oh, and, and you know what? I, I actually think, too. I agree with you on one of those two. Yeah. I also think, actually, uh, Denali, underrated. Uh, as Jonathan Van Ness. I'll tell you why. One of the things when we, when we analyze Snatch Game, I'll bring up is a correct way to do a Snatch Game if you want to just guarantee being safe. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that later. I'm not going to get into it now. But D- Denali had some moments where there were some curveballs thrown at her and she handled it with a plum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought she did a great job. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think that was an easy thing to do, what she did. And it wasn't the greatest Snatch Game character ever. No, but it, it did the job. And I think giving credit where credit's due, Denali did a, a fantastic job as Jonathan Van Ness. What she should have won? No, but uh, credit is credit. Well, due. she was in she was in top three, so she 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 was yeah. She deserved to be in that top three. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on. All right. After the double Shantae, uh, Simone squeals over the double Shantae for Candy and herself, and Candy is on a fire under her ass. Tina complains about her feedback. Meanwhile, Rosé feels validated by finally getting a win and declares the winner's circle dead. Taylor, your thoughts on this entire uh, first act that we saw here? My first thought was I watched this first act on YouTube on Wednesday. Okay. And when it said 
season 13, episode nine. Yeah. <laughs> My thought was, I'm like, there's still nine girls left mm-hmm. in this season. Yeah. It feels like this season is just never going to end. To give a comparison, um, in season nine, episode nine, that's when Valentina's mask came, uh, mask gate happened. And there were only how many girls left at that she, point? She went home. She was in sixth place, I think. She was sixth place. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we're already three behind on this. Yeah. So, in that regard, it was – plus, you. so you've got all of these girls all wearing yellow. Like, I forgot I forgot what the um, the uh, theme was for the last runway. So, it just felt very, like, exhausting to mm-hmm. see them all sort of come in. Um, I don't like this Candy Muse. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like this Candy Muse. Mm-hmm. And I, I was annoyed that she's still here. I just, I just, I, I know we talked about it extensively that really when she leaves, the storylines leave with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels very like, I don't, I don't get why we're holding, holding on to her. We're going to um, hold on to her because even when she, cause if you think about it, this episode's a perfect example. If they get rid of her, anything interesting about the season's gone. Because she wasn't even she, I, I will give Candy this. She was very subdued today. Maybe it's because of what happened uh, last week, but she was much more subdued. So she she shouldn't have pulled. There was no storyline around her, so she really shouldn't have pulled focus. And yet, a lot of focus was still on Candy Muse. Yeah, because they just need her. Because they, they everybody else is just sort of tepid. It's a very well, tepid season. And I mean, we watched. We started watching about ten minutes before the episode actually aired, so we mm-hmm. watched the we watched the lip sync again. Mm-hmm. And going back to, I was trying to remember what you and I talked about, and I was specifically watching her mm-hmm. compared to Simone. Yeah, because we talked about just the messiness versus the nuance, and the mm-hmm. you know definitely she really didn't know the words to that. Song no, she didn't know the a words bunch of the times, no. and she really it was just that dress. And the movement of that dress is what saved her. No. Because there was enough distractions of things. And she was – I noticed that Simone – Simone never turned her head. No. She kept looking directly – whereas, as you talked about, when you don't know the word, she walks to the back of the stage. She did things where she was kind of like rolling around on the ground. And it was just very much of the – where it made me – having just watched that and then watching this episode, it made me mad that she was still there. That's a good transition to one of my points, which is in a confessional, Simone says, uh, I'm glad that RuPaul saw something in both of us to keep us here. Something I'm paraphrasing, but along those lines. I'm like, no, she mm-hmm. didn't. This was planned the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were put there so she could do this. Like, it wasn't, there was never going to, they, they planned this. In fact, going speaking to, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, I'm like, ugh, why would they torture us with such a long season? But I think, Believe it or not, I'm going to say this. As tortured as you and I are, if I'm going mm-hmm. back a year, it's COVID. They're in pre-production for season 13. I could see them thinking, we don't know how long this is going to last. Right. We need to make a really extra long-ass season. If we're going to do this, we're going to do a 16 episodes or whatever they're doing. Because and this could be the last season. For we, a while. Lord yeah. knows what's going for a while. This yeah. could be it. So we got we to squeeze every last drop yeah. out of this. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. if we, and if we have too long of a season, we have too long of a season, but uh, we don't know how long this is going to last. And so um, I think that was the logic, but now but now that we know we can see a light at the end of the tunnel, we 
uh, are like, <laughs> like I can't yeah. with this, right? Uh-huh. And um, but that's why we knew the double chante was here coming because they need to extend the season as long as possible mm-hmm. and so um but that, it's not because she's talking in both of them the other thing too i wanted to point out was the point where rose sings like no they didn't or some of that and yeah. i watched this episode twice believe it or not i think snatch game i always watch twice and uh i think they auto-tuned rose singing it was really weird Really? Yeah, I think they auto-tuned it. Or she does a really good impression of an auto-tuned sounding voice. Could be that, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a little fine point I, I noticed when I was watching this. All right, moving on. You have, do you have anything else to say? No. All right. Uh, after the Queen's return to the workroom, Ru- Ru- everyone should know I have a, 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 just if I sound weird today, it's I have a condition right now where I, I can't talk correctly. And, of course, Taylor doesn't refuses to read. You know, ask Taylor to do one thing. Ru- Taylor hasn't seen the script. RuPaul enters to announce this week's mini challenge. The queens will be auditioning for. Don't give an excuse. It's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in the script, Luke puts nothing but F's and P's in here. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. the queens. It's like you know, like uh, Peter Piper picked up. I can't even do it. The queens will be auditioning for the new band. The you see, listen to this. The Pantyhose. The queens have 20 minutes to get into quick punk drag and audition to the song LGBT by RuPaul. After Ru takes the stage, she declares the winner is Tina Burner. Next, RuPaul announced this, announces this week's maxi challenge, the Snatch Game. On this series linchpin, the girls will perform celebrity impressions in a send-up of the old game show, The Match Game. Taylor the Latte Boy, did you have any thoughts on this mini challenge? No. <laughs> not a one yeah i love the fact that it was only about three minutes long mm-hmm. that was what i liked about it was a very fast do this you have 20 minutes there's no way some of them came up with those outfits in 20 minutes and did make up yeah. but okay and oh i know and, specifically tina's tina's went way more yeah. than 20 minutes yeah 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 lip sync to a really shitty song oh what a horrible song right uh, the, the the only thing that was enjoyable was the guy on guitar. The the pit crew guy on guitar was super hot. <laughs> and I'm taking it. We- it was weird seeing Rue like lip sync and dance. She's horrible. Like that was a that was a very odd and just with like no rhythm, very no. just sort of gangly and not. That was it was almost like just like where where you have to watch. If you're having dance lessons, like little kids watching, and then the, the, the teacher is saying, like, no, this is how you do it. And they think she thinks that she's impressing everyone, and everyone's kind of like, we have to clap because she's our teacher. Yeah. Like, that's sort of what it felt like. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, it's funny that you say that. RuPaul comes out, and I don't know if this is during the mini challenge or the maxi challenge, but she says some sort of joke. And the editor's so fucking shady. I can't wait till I see the meme gif of it. And if I knew how to make gifs, I would just make it. Can someone make a gif of this for me, please? There is Tina Burner does his most cringy. I la- noticed oh that. I noticed that where I'm like, that is clearly taken from <laughs> something else. That is not. Or Tina really, really wants to win. <laughs> yeah, that was like the cringiest over laugh I've ever seen in my entire life. It, yes. Uh, probably how she won over yeah. Graham Norton. Uh, the other thing, too, was that is an awful RuPaul song. You were right. What a what an awful. They've run out. They've officially run out of RuPaul songs. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the things I saw, actually, was – this is going to say something kind of weird. It might take people who really fan of a lot of drag shows because it seems like a pretty standard issue mini challenge. But we haven't really seen 
I don't know what it is. And maybe you can, maybe if I articulate it, maybe you can help me with this, or maybe you'll disagree. If we haven't seen this challenge yet on Dragula, I feel it's something we would see on Dragula. It felt more Dragula, especially with the punk rock theme, even though I know RuPaul has a punk background and whatnot, sort of the feel and ugh of it all felt more akin to something you would see on Dragula as some sort of challenge, which I think they have had a challenge like this. I was going to say they have. That was the whole thing where Halloween – uh, somebody took the oh, pins out of Halloween's yes. face real fast before yeah. she was ready for it, and yeah. that turned into a whole thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she was yeah. going to put the dirty pins that were on the ground back yeah. in her face. They were like, "No, you can't do that." Yeah, but you know what? Not to have Dragula talk right now, but like they're like, "You can't put the pins back in your face now." For the now later, have you eat shit? You know, eat shit, or you're going to go home. We're going to blend up goat embryos. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Hollow Eve, don't put those dirty (laughs) pins in your face. Uh, uh, by the way, lick this bathroom for the, (laughs) for the elimination challenge. That is a show that I miss. That I am really looking forward to as much, as much as I am kind of tired of drag competition shows when Dragula season three comes back. That is season four. But you know, it's going to, yeah, because it's so different. It's not this. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Um, Hello Uglies, by the way, is the name of the show that we cover that. Um, See what I did there? I did lean in for you. Thank you very much. Uh, All right, let's move on. I like how we're just moving through this, tearing through. Taylor has to be somewhere at one. Where did it be this week? Taylor makes appointments at one. I don't have to be anywhere. I, I, there's not a lot. I have thoughts, but this beginning part is very like, yeah, okay, let's like get, we're getting let's get to where we can talk about yeah. some of the, some of the other parts. Yeah. Cause there are things that are very interesting to me. Yeah. All right. Back in the workroom, the Queens prepare for their snatch game characters and RuPaul returns for table visits. Rue warns Elliot that portraying Rue McClanahan as a tall order. Rue presses Simone about her Harriet Tubman impression. Rue questions Utica's characterization of Bob Ross. Tina Burner comes to the table with Richard Simmons and Jennifer Coolidge, but leaves with Richard Simmons. And finally, Olivia plans to play Instagram vegan chef Tabitha Brown, a person that RuPaul doesn't think is famous or knows exists. Um, Taylor, a uh, question for you is uh tell me about uh in oh, wait i'm putting up a text message taylor said taylor said ask me about this in the show okay i know i know what you're i know what you're talking about so well let's let's talk about elliot first okay okay so the first she comes out where i and i don't get though i think you may know the answer to this i may know the answer to it and i'm mm-hmm. looking for confirmation from you elliot was not playing Rue McClanahan. Mm -hmm. Elliot was clearly playing or trying to play Mm -hmm. Blanche Devereaux. Yeah. But they kept referring to her as Rue McClanahan. Yeah. And they brought up Golden Girls. So, I Mm -hmm. mean, they talked about the show that it was from. Mm -hmm. Is that a copyright thing where they're not, they're not. They might be overly cautious. Yeah. I think they might be overly cautious because they've done it before, like with Maggie Smith. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I think also uh, when um, I can't remember who played uh, Crazy Eyes from Orange and New Black, they called her Uzo Aduba. Is that her name? Uzo Aduba. Okay. Yeah, um, they, they, I, they, 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 for some reason, the show is fine, but the the character specifically, they they try and stay away from it. Okay, so they'll do because the that was very much of the where they kept saying, and I'm like, she's playing Blanche, she's yeah. not playing Rue, but yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah. So I will say. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so then you have so then you have Simone. Do you have any thoughts on the Elliot thing? Or well, on the table visit. I mean, when we get to the actual show, I have a lot of thoughts on Elliot. But on the table okay. visit, uh, table visit. No, but on the, the table visit with Simone and with Utica, I do have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Okay, so I can see when she said Harriet Tubman. I thought, oh, okay, that's that's that could go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate the fact that Rue was trying to get in front of the <laughs> in front of the possible hate of the, you know, this is a revered, mm-hmm. you know, important historical figure, and you mm-hmm. don't want to do anything that is offensive, but also be willing to be offensive, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Where it was it was just sort of this where we're gonna have a conversation to at least acknowledge the fact that we get that this man is gonna be playing Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. but that we recognize how important a historical figure she is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got that discussion, and mm-hmm. then you have I, – I, I want to give you a chance to talk about Harriet Tubman too, but I, but this kind of – they dovetail together. But then you've got Utica coming and talking about Bob Ross, and one of the things that Rue says is, well, that might be a little too intellectual mm-hmm. for people, you know, a little bit too in brain. Harriet Tubman – is not too intellectual, a historical figure, but somebody who currently right now is a pop culture trend, that would be too intellectual for people. Oh, I just thought that was a very dumb I, I, I just thought that was a, a very dumb thing to say on Rue's part. Yeah. That so, it didn't make it it didn't make any sense to me when you especially and then you've also got Rose off in the corner with her Mary Queen of Scots outfit. Yeah. yeah. It's just that you're gonna shoot that's what you're gonna choose say for Bob Ross. See, I, I have other I, thoughts too, but I wanted to yeah, okay, I think I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, but in a truly a res- in, a, in a respectful kind of way, which is unusual for me. Um, because I think you and I walked away with two different impressions uh, from the conversation that RuPaul had with each of those characters, and that's interesting that you chose those two. Mm-hmm. Because I think what Ru- RuPaul and I wrote this in my notes, what RuPaul was doing with Simone. Because some people, somebody wrote to me an email and said about warning that RuPaul was warning this person. I think even Luke put it in the original draft too. And I didn't interpret it as RuPaul warning Simone. I interpreted it because again, if you listen to especially early days of what's the tea with RuPaul, RuPaul pontificates quite a bit about this stuff. And RuPaul, as much as she's not really a performing queen like this, uh, is, believes that drag is meant to push boundaries, is meant to offend you, that it's not doing the job if it isn't offending you. And that, mm. and I, what I think is interesting, and, and like literally, if they said you can ask RuPaul one question and one question only, the question would be, because I truly believe RuPaul – that's why RuPaul's gotten in trouble and learned to shut her mouth because she mm-hmm. does believe this and it gets her in trouble. So how does it feel to feel this way but also have to be the person who um, who turned drag, single-handedly turned drag into the very thing you don't think it should be? Like Ru- drag is sanitized because of drag race. Right. RuPaul sanitized drag race yet doesn't like a sanitized drag. Right. And so I think okay. what she was doing was I think she in her own way, I think you're right, she was trying to get out in front of it, but I think what she was doing was challenging Simone, yes, bitch, if you're going to do Harriet Tubman, 
you need to be, don't be afraid. And Simone rose up and said, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to do this. And so I think RuPaul trusted it. And I think it is good to put it in contrast with Utica. I don't think RuPaul was saying doing Bob Ross is too intellectual. It's in the conversation Ru was having with Utica, the way Utica was going to approach it, RuPaul was like, uh, well, the way you're going to approach it, because she said, I'm a really kind of a slow, funny person or something like that, right? By the way, we need, she would need a lot of time from what I could tell. But, um, <laughs> uh, and RuPaul was like, well, you can't, you don't have the time. We're snapping about, about snap, 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 brevity. You don't have the time to develop this. You, you don't have the time to be intellectual on snatch game. So, um, you don't, you don't have a time to take a brainy approach. And I think it's, uh, okay, okay. I disagree yeah, because that, no, right? because I don't think, I mean, I didn't pull the Bob Ross clip or anything like that, but I think mm-hmm. she was particularly addressing what Utica was in her approach to Bob Ross. I think she was like, how are you going to make Bob Ross funny? And when we get to snatch game, I'm going to point out two examples of people who did it correctly. And because they actually do weird things that you wouldn't do in real life, but you're like, this is how you win snatch game. You know, and so and and uh, people make them, you know, Olivia and Utica again, they came prepared at least. But it's like, what? Well, but I mean, on paper, Mm -hmm. Utica doing Bob Ross makes perfect sense. It does. I mean, it makes absolute sense. It's the it's what she did with that character that didn't make any sense, because even when she said, you know, when Rue said, you know, Quiet doesn't win you snatch game. I think there are ways that Utica or another queen could have played Bob Ross quiet with the ASMR yes. or with the with just the really dreamy, lackadaisical kind of, you know, sing song type of way he talks and everything and done it in a way that it would have been hysterical. Guys, I'll say it again. OK, I said it once. COVID robbed us of our upcoming afterthought blockbuster Snatch for the Gods, where we prep the drag queens for Snatch Game. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. Paris Hilton is a perfect example of this. All you do is say dirty answers to the fucking question. Uh So if Bob Ross, in his very Bob Ross kind of way, you know, Bob Ross, uh, Michelle Visage recently cheated on her vegan uh, you know, cleanse with Got what? It. And he was like, you know, Rue, Michelle made a happy little accident and cheated on gagging on a delicious red pussy. RuPaul would have lost her motherfucking mind. Right. All right. you have to do is take a character that isn't dirty or not even because, you know, Harriet Tubman wasn't dirty, but take a character that isn't that is seen as sort of like highly regarded or like respectful right. or something like that. Yeah. And take it to a place that that person usually isn't. We saw that with the last time a queen performed Rue McClanahan with Crystal on Drag Race UK, where she was bombing. But then at the end, she talked about the fact that Rue McClanahan died of syphilis. Yeah. And Rue thought that was hysterical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be dirty whatever it is just say fucking cock say pussy say just be dirty and if you happen to be african-american play into african-american stereotypes uh and jokes because rupaul loves that you know just do that and you will be at least safe you'll be safe yeah but i mean we did see an example of that going the wrong way on uk two weeks ago with lawrence cheney 
Lawrence Cheney was just filthy and it didn't work. I'm behind. I'm at my next episode is Snatch Game on UK. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. Well, the, the, you'll, the, you'll see this may be the exception to the rule. Okay. So, um, but, but in general, I will say, I haven't seen the Lawrence Cheney episode yet, but in general. Uh, the other thing, too, I was going to point out. Did you have anything to say? Do you want to talk at all about the whole uh, Afro of Squirrels? Oh. Which is the name of my punk band, by the way. Yeah, I know. I used to go see those shows. And Taylor would charge me double, by the way. <laughs> um, I think it's a perfect example of these queens think three steps ahead about the social media response. What I right. think is funny, I have in my notes, but I'll just say it here. I just thought it was funny that Tina is wearing a fucking fro as Richard Simmons and no one said right. shit. Yeah, because no one would have said shit. Bob Ross mm-hmm. had an afro. Right. And so, so Tina didn't really have an afro on. She just had a blown out wig. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's not yeah. blown out wig. But um uh but yeah, but Utica's thinking, you know, three steps ahead, you know, and thinking about how the audience is gonna react. But once again, it's they think they don't that's the mistake you make is not trying to make RuPaul laugh, trying to make the audience laugh. Or not laugh right. or, or just think about the audience. Forget if you do everything right, they'll make you look good in terms of the audience. Um, I did also want to talk about, you know, Tina shows up to the table and says so she mentioned she had two characters, Jennifer Coolidge and Richard Simmons. And uh, there's a little bit of banter between RuPaul about it. But I was going to say, and RuPaul says many girls have auditioned with Jennifer Coolidge. That would be – I don't think anyone should ever do Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. That would be very, very hard because Jennifer Coolidge is already essentially doing a Snatch Game character. That's not how Jennifer Coolidge really is, you know? She's essentially uh-huh. doing a Snatch Game character. So you're doing a Snatch Game character of a parody of a person. Right. So what could you – you know, Jennifer Coolidge would already say those outrageous things, so there's nowhere for you to take her. Right. I mean, how often could you say, I want a hot dog real bad? Yeah. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge already says snatch game lines in her real life. <laughs> so it's, it, I know, you know, what's funny is, have you seen that gay meme? It's so funny, but this is how you do Jennifer Coolidge, but you do Jennifer Coolidge this on a TikTok bit. Have you seen Jennifer Coolidge doing the Lord of the Rings stuff? Oh, Charles Osborne, the guy that, saying Jennifer Coolidge in Lord of the Rings, or it's Jennifer Coolidge actually doing lines from Lord of the Rings. It's Jennifer Coolidge doing, actually doing lines from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I've seen a, there's a guy that I follow now called Charles Osborne on Instagram, and uh-huh. he's doing a lot of, or it's Jennifer Coolidge doing different lines. Oh, she's doing a lot of things of like lines of like from Harry Potter. Send and, me them because Aiden and I love doing them to each other. So the Lord of the Rings one is okay. particularly good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the same guy. I just on TikTok because I'm young. And um, <laughs> I didn't even have a TikTok account before Aiden told me to get one. Um, and uh, and so, uh, but that but that's how you do Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge not being outrageous. Jennifer Coolidge in situations she wouldn't be in, you right. know. And so, because you can't make her outrageous, she's already outrageous. So you're seeing an outrageous character. It's the Adam Family rule. The Adam Family is only funny when you're seeing them engage with ordinary people, right? You know? Right. Otherwise, it's just crazy with crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, All right. Well, let's actually get right to it. Um, It's the Snatch Game. Oh, no, no. No, I'm not. We're going to get to the break, actually, first. Sorry. We have to pay the bill, people. We'll be right back. Right after this. (laughs) 
Look, it was close. <laughs> that was close. You did pretty good. It was close. You definitely accentuated it. You yeah, I'm like really trying to open my mouth. Like, Aah. yeah. You didn't want to be Peter Boyle and Young Yeah, yeah exactly. Rue <laughs> <laughs> oh, introduces this year's Snatch Game judge as former. Con- <laughs> What's really funny is I'm, I'm smiling really widely. For everyone at home, I have Bell's palsy right now. So the right side of my face is frozen. Uh-huh. So uh, now I'm finally really big, so I just look like Two-Face from Batman. Uh, uh, former contestants Raven and Victoria Porkchop Parker. On the panel, we have Simone as Harriet Tubman, Got Mick as Paris Hilton, Rosé as Mary Queen of Scots, Tina Burner as Richard Simmons, Candy Muse as Patrick Starr, Oh. Olivia Lux as Tabitha Brown, Denali as Jonathan Van Ness, Elliot with two T's as Rue McClanahan, and Utica as Bob Ross. You know, I gotta do a, cor- uh, a correction here. Shows you how fucking old I am. The rumor mill, we've been 100% the whole season, except this week, because I, but it's not the, it's not the fault of Reddit. That's where I get all my spoilers from. Spoiled Drag Race. It's my fault. I saw Patrick Starr, and I thought it was Patrick the Starfish. From <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants, yeah, and I was like, that would have been brilliant if Candy Hell was being Patrick from Star from yes. SpongeBob. <laughs> anyway, uh. all right, let's talk about the snatch game. <laughs> Taylor, your thoughts on the snatch game? Um, I think that uh, people were prepared, but I think that they were some of them were prepared in a way that didn't necessarily work. I mean, we talked about. We definitely talked about Utica. You know, I could think of things that Utica could have done that could have been really, really funny. Yeah. Um, With the one possible exception, I think this, uh, speaking of Patrick Starr, Mm -hmm. Candy Muse really just did a Candy Muse imitation, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was, I don't, I know nothing about this Patrick Starr. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's a makeup thing. I don't like when they do YouTube and TikTok performers, I I don't I don't think that I but I think that that we're aged out of this. No, I, that, but that's it, what that is. It's going exactly with what I just told you before the break. Is they think about the audience at home. They don't think. Look, if you're gonna do that for every other challenge, great. But in this challenge, you have to focus on RuPaul. This is one where it's a hundred percent. Are you making RuPaul laugh? I will say, I will say in Olivia's defense, she did say on social media her first choice was she wanted to play Rachel Dolezal, and she was told no. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. They're going to let Simone do Harriet Tubman? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She can't do something that is like complete comedy fodder? Yeah. That disappointing. Yeah. Anyway, that's disappointing. Um, I mean, if we want to go down the line of everybody, really you don't have to go down the line. But do you have big thoughts, or do you want to go down the line? My, my big, my one of my thoughts, particular with Simone, is mm-hmm. Simone was funny. Okay, I definitely laughed a couple times at Simone, mm-hmm. and I love Simone. Sure, but yeah, it feels as though Simone is playing variations on the same character anytime mm-hmm. she's expected to do comedy. Okay. It felt very much like the RuPaul Mark channel character, mm-hmm. similar to what we saw last season with Gigi Good doing the mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon, like mm-hmm. monotone, low voice sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like she just sort of portrayed that character and that 
flourish in some of the things that she was saying stuff, but she just did it in a Harriet Tubman outfit. Now it's still there was parts of it that were still smart. The part with the stamp where she stamped the hundred dollar bill that was funny, and a couple of the other things that she said were funny, but it just felt like I was expecting a different character than than what we got. I'm going to tell you a conspiracy theory. <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, but Gigi Good and Simone are good Judies. Yes, I, I did know that. And they're both L.A. queens. Mm-hmm. Okay? And RuPaul's Drag Race and World of Wonder are based in Los Angeles, as are the producers. Right. My conspiracy, and also a lot of very prominent drag queens live in Los Angeles, either move there or mm-hmm. they're already from there. Right. And my conspiracy theory is, you know, I said I'm going to do a show called Snatched for the Gods, where we prep the girls for Snatch Game. Right. My theory is, is that there is a, and look, this is this human nature, an already in place coaching system for these LA girl or particular favorites of this drag race so mafia. Like, so, to speak. so like a groundlings or a something Not necessarily like that, that formal, but just like, you know, you know, for instance, there were rumors, and I don't know, I think Aquaria has fiercely denied this, and I believe her, but there were rumors that, you know, Sharon Needles prepped her, you know, for, for a drag race. Now, it could be it wasn't Sharon Needles. I'm sure the New York queens help each other out too, right? Mm-hmm. But in Los Angeles, you're particularly well-based because the producers are here. We know the producers are very friendly with the drag queens. They all know each other. You know, even before they're on the show, the drag queens know the producers, you know, especially if they're based in L.A. And um, I think that there is – they all know – they all knew Simone beforehand. So I'm sure there were not necessarily formal meetings, but – you know, girl, you're going to be on the drag race. Here are all the inside tips you know. And so if Simone is like, look, I'm weak at these challenges, acting because Simone, for the most part, a look queen. And I think the yeah. same thing with Gigi, good. All right, let's prep you for this. All you need is like, who is someone you do? And then just stick by. And then your hope is to stay safe throughout, yeah. you know, the ones where you're weak. And so I don't think it was bad advice. Pick a character, stick to that character, and you'll at least be safe. You yeah. know, and I think Simone, I think, look, Simone did a very admirable job as Harriet Tubman, but it was, we're going to, we're going to listen to a clip in a second. It was very prepared. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, got mixed from that same LA scene. Um, it was very prepared. It was very studied. It was very successful, but, uh, she was definitely prepared. I won't say by whom, I don't know, but I have a conspiracy theory that the lot of the LA Queens, probably former contestants and producers, helped her prepare. Okay. Now, you remember, it used to be a topic on this show about game show laws and whatnot. This show does not fall under the purview of game show laws because it's a talent show. Okay? Meaning, okay. like, American Idol doesn't fall under game show laws because it's not a skill-based show. It's a talent-based show, and the judges can pick whoever the fuck they want. Right? So, uh... So, it probably uncouth for the producers to help, but I'm sure there is some sort of, you know... It's, like, yeah. it's just, you help your friends, you know? And mm-hmm. so, uh to go with what you said is, I think... Simone just knows she's not good at it. So, yeah, she is doing a character, just like Gigi Good did a character, and she's been coached to do that. She's very well coached. Um, it, there's a part where uh, 
what is her name? Tina Burner does Richard Simmons. And she, this is the first joke, and luckily I didn't dwell on this, but I want to ask you, do you think that the Richard Simmons being held cop, captive by his maid joke is a little too obscure? Uh, well, okay, well, this was, this was recorded in August of last of year. Last year. Mm-hmm. When did that podcast come out? Maybe two or three years ago? Was it that long ago? I don't remember what no, year it I was. Mean, I mean, that was sort of a big deal when that podcast came True. out, at least within within the circles. I think that it would be within the Venn diagram of people that watch both shows. I yeah. think there are enough people that would get it. Yeah. Um, or that it's easily if you don't understand it and you care that mm-hmm. much about it. Yeah. That you could you could Google it. But I mean, mm-hmm. for some people, it may just be I haven't been seen for a while because my housekeeper is holding me captive. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, OK. Uh but anyway, any other? Okay, what about? Did you have? Okay, Elliot looked awful as Rue McClanahan, but I don't know what you thought about that. Elliot looked awful as Rue McClanahan. I thought Elliot was where it just sort of. I get what she was trying to do. She was trying to focus on. I'm going to say Blanche. Blanche being very man hungry, but there mm-hmm. was nothing filthy about it. There was nothing um, that was just sort of. We're just going to say men or gentlemen or. You know, we're just going to talk with the Southern Genteel. I'd like to kind of go back up to Gottmik, though, because oh, sure. I was... I wasn't going I, in order, but we can go back to Gottmik. Oh, okay. I think that Gottmik was played it so smart, particularly mm-hmm. in the beginning, where when she first did that, let me know when the cameras are on, we'll get ready, and then tw- t- turned it to the Paris Hilton voice, was super, super smart to do. It was very, very smart. And the joke that she made about my sister made a Rothschild, so I'm the poor sister now, mm-hmm. again... Just some some very very funny jokes, very studied. She clearly knew her subject. Mm-hmm. She clearly knew what she was what she was talking about, and it made it very enjoyable for for her being a character that I don't necessarily like. I was never a fan of Paris Hilton when she was like the big deal mm-hmm. years ago. She was very fun to watch. Yeah. Um. Well, you know there. You know there are rumors. I don't know how. Um... I do think Gottmik was prepared as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's part of this conspiracy theory that I have. I don't know how tapped into the drag scene she is. But there, you know, she, clearly she's prepared. And, uh, and there are rumors. I don't know if this is true. Someone just said it to me that she comes from a very show business based family. Like somehow her mm-hmm. family works in show business. And it's not unusual here in, in LA, at least for LA show business kids to take improv classes and sketch classes, just as summer camp stuff. You know, yeah. and I've noticed whenever she does these improv and sketch classes, I mean, sketch um, uh, challenges that she's often pretty good at them. And I have a suspicion that she's done some she has some sort of theatrical experience in them um, where she's not coming in as blind as she says she is. And maybe she's appropriately setting low expectations. We are going to study in a bit Harriet Tubman and Paris Hilton from my perspective. Okay. Um, so we'll get back to that. Let's get, I want to go back to Elliot with two T's and her Rue McClanahan. You know, I agree with the assessment that you just don't do the Golden Girls or any kind of queer icon. Especially, actually, especially Blanche, right? Or right. Sophia. Or Dorothy. Maybe you could do Rose, right? Because you could do the dirty thing. You could take it somewhere, right? Right. But, um, with Sophia, Dorothy, and Blanche, they're already at such a level that – but I just wouldn't do it, right? I just don't think it's a smart move. Because like I said, you want to start low and then take them to an extreme. But I feel with Blanche 
you could have been safe. You could have been safe. You could have been safe. You could have been safe <laughs> if you did take it to the super dirty level because Blanche, because it was network television, couldn't be super dirty. So if you have right. Blanche saying these things that Blanche probably says, like I, I, I always said I wanted to read, do the Golden Girls, but this time they talk like the way they really do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if, if Rose said, um, uh, like Dorothy, is the milk in the refrigerator? No, it's in my cunt, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, no, I'm not saying it's funny, but I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, uh, like the Golden Girls would be funny because the Golden Girls wouldn't say that, you know? Right. And so, so. if you have Blanche in a, in a bit saying, you know, uh, like, what was the question about gentlemen? The, they were all that. What, 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 where would you, there was one where the answer was Lanai. She goes out on the Lanai where she had a gentleman caller. Yeah, I'd be like, in my pussy. You know, like, yeah. it, it, again, it's not, I'm not saying to win the snatch game. I'm just saying to be safe as Rue McClanahan. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have even made that choice. Uh, so, um, I think just choosing that character was a bad choice. But again, if you're going to play it safe, just take it really dirty. Um, Utica, let's talk about Utica. Remember the person who said she had all this uh, improv and sketch training? Yeah. What were your big thoughts on her? Uh, she just went weird. She or she went where I mean I don't get how you can say that <clears throat> you're going to be, you know, Bob Ross and not know that Bob Ross. I mean, she talked with this very deep, yeah. very pressured voice, and I mean, you saw where I mean earlier in the show, Gottmik had said, "I watch Bob Ross to yes. go to sleep at night. I know what this is like," and like Gottmik looked offended <laughs> at how. Utica Utica was performing this. I think there, you know, the thing with the spray paint. Um, I think there are ways you could have almost played him where it could have been funny to do him with the very soft talk, but almost like a really dark, sinister, yes, kind of, or you could like a serial killer type yes. thing. But just this weird. It, it, it was it was very disconnected from the look. I thought that as. Bob Ross, he looked great. She mm-hmm. looked great, mm-hmm. even with the afro of squirrels. On some level, it made sense, or it would have made sense to have an afro and have a random squirrel kind of popping through it every mm-hmm. once in a while, just because he was just this hippy dippy dude. But then to have this weird, where we're going to just kind of spray paint, it, it I, it was, it could have been so good. The biggest disappointment of the night. Again, I think I think this episode partnered with Untuck shows that uh, Utica is not all there. Okay? Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know it. It what's funny is when Utica was talking to RuPaul during the table visit, she sounded more like Bob Ross than she did in her impression of Bob Ross. It's a very good observation. Yes, you know she was like, you know, Ru, I'm just gonna do. Bob Ross, because, you know, I don't, I, and I didn't want to do the Afro because I didn't want to do any kind of cultural appropriation. And I was like, you sound more like Bob Ross there. Right. And it just have him say ridiculous things. It wasn't, there wasn't anything much to it. Um, before I get into my big comparison here, let me run down. Uh, did you have any big thoughts on Richard Simmons or Mary Queen of Scots or, or uh, Jonathan no. Van Ness? I mean, I think they were very. Uh, you seemed more impressed with Jonathan Van Ness than I was with Denali's performance. I mean, it was fine. No, no, I'm just saying but, it's safe and fine. Yeah, the only oh, yeah, thing, no, yeah. it was it was it was safe. I mean, she definitely 
was able to keep up as far as the as the jokes go. And yeah, 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 but yeah. It wasn't. It didn't blow me out of the water. No, yeah. Look, here's the thing with Jonathan Van Ness is the part that really impressed me was there was a question about Ross and where would he do something, and the answer was Carson Cressley. And to obviously Jonathan Van Ness, what the Denali wasn't wouldn't know that that was going to be an answer. And so to have right. that line ready about mm-hmm. how he had replaced Carson on Queer Eye was, I think, very smart. And I, most yeah. of the girls have these very prepared lines. We'll hear that in a second. Um, but um, I thought that was a, a very good. I, Denali had some good moments where she uh, had some quippy lines where that they were uh, on the fly. They weren't prepared. They were they were comment which. On, a, on the better Snatch games, the better characters are able to comment on what's going on. We didn't really have that. They all stayed very much – it was too prepared, I would say. There was nobody except for the only one who had – who was kind of brave. Candy made a couple here and there, but Denali was the only one taking it to um, Ro- a different place. Rosé made a comment as well about something with Tabitha's apple. Yes. Like that was the only – that was the only other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Mary Queen of Scots, you, it was fine. I mean, it was very prepared, it was fine. but it was again. I, I enjoyed the accent. Yeah, and it was I oh, the accent. Yeah, people were wondering about you if you were going to be turned on by the accent. I it was it was a little too over the top. It was a little too janitor from The Simpsons for me, but it was mm-hmm. still it was. But I'm I'm enjoying Rose. I I am getting more enjoying. I'm enjoying looking at Rose more as the season goes on. I don't Ooh. know why. Because she's thirsty. Um, I agree that Candy Muse and and Got Mick to an extent were just portraying versions of themselves. But that's again, for some of these people who aren't good at this stuff, that's all they need to do is be safe. I think that's why, if you Mm -hmm. remember, Candy Ho is very relieved that she's safe. I think she was worried about, not Candy Ho, Candy Muse was very happy with being Uh um, safe. Yeah. Uh So let me talk about what I was going to say here. Because I'm going to use two examples here of, because, you know, you even comment on some of these. And I, I paid, you know, I watched it twice and I was able to pay more attention this time knowing what was going to come. And this is a perfect example and a perfect lesson for if you're doing Snatch Game, how they both Simone as Harriet Tubman and Gottmik as, uh, Paris Hilton had very prepared lines. Okay. That they just shoehorned in and they did it so, because they were so practiced and so prepared that you don't even notice that the that the line makes no sense to the question that was asked, uh, and um, and then they have their prepared joke. So let's actually start with uh, let's start with Harriet Tubman. Actually, listen to this. Listen, to, it's really the, uh, the, the I put the whole question and answer, but the answer is really kind of irrelevant. But listen to the question RuPaul asks Harriet Tubman, and then her answer that makes no sense. Harriet Tubman, now, Harriet Tubman, Michelle Visage cheated on her vegan diet. Uh, she missed the taste of... I was over here listening to your question, uh-huh. and I said, this is a nosy-ass, bald-headed mother... Uh-huh. So I said, <laughs> pork chop, chitlins, and ham. <laughs> the nosy, bald-headed motherfucker was clear, prepared line. She needed to get that line. It makes no... Why would that question in particular be right. nosy? Unless the editors cut it that way, which could have happened. <laughs> but it, it made... It was no sense. Now listen to this next one with Paris Hilton. This is next, but it's prepared. Here we go. Let's go to Paris Hilton. Now, I venture to say you've never had pork chops before. I, okay. The question is, I, you've never had pork chops before. All right. Okay. Let's listen to her answer. Have not. But okay. She has not. All right. My sister just married a Rothschild, so I'm the poorest sister now. <laughs> 
What did it have to do with having pork chops? Well, because I'm sure that they, I'm, I would assume that the ones that are prepared have a list of probably 10 to 10 things that they want, I want bullet points that they want to get out mm-hmm. because they want to have that moment. They want to have that five seconds on screen that makes the bar, when bars are open, mm-hmm. go nuts when they see it. So they think, I've got it, I've got it, I've got to, I got to force it. No, in, you're right. No matter how yes. much it doesn't make sense. But that's what I, you're making my point, which is, Show up prepared, have your funny lines, test them, blah, 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 and then just shoehorn them in, in as effortless a way as possible because it ultimately doesn't matter yeah. what the question is. In that case, that you remembered that joke. You laughed at that joke. It doesn't really connect with what RuPaul just asked about pork chops. Well, I'm actually – com- I mean isn't that kind of this show is it's really just sort of – it's so – frenetic and so fast the way they edit things yes. and stuff we've talked about the fact that the the infamous all-stars won mimi versus yes. the room fight and on top yes. you actually are paying attention to that that whole scene makes absolutely no sense no sense whatsoever yeah no sense it's just it's a it's a series of sound bites that especially now in today's world of where everybody loves to post those 15 second things that they add to a meme on Instagram and stuff. It's just they're creating a series of these that help us to help promote their show. Same thing with season five, episode two or three that untucked with the, like, I've had it officially. That whole yeah. argument makes no sense. When you actually yes. listen to it, it makes zero sense. It makes more mm-hmm. sense than that season All-Stars 1, episode one untucked. But still doesn't make much sense. People are laughing for no reason. And like it's so <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll play the rest of this clip here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because listen to the other lesson. This is the other lesson. Look, this is how you win the Snatch Game right here. This is how you win it. Here we go. Last night, Michelle Visage cheated on her vegan diet. She missed the taste of... I'm going to stick with what I know here to be safe. Okay. And so I wrote huge... <laughs> Sticking with what we know. That's how you win the Snatch Game. Yeah. Just say dirty things to the answers. That's all it is. Don't mm-hmm. overthink it like Olivia did. And like if, if on ASMR she just gave it didn't have to she didn't have to actually make up a letter for ASMR what they stood for. Right. Well, but you see that she started to do that and then immediately got where she, she got caught in the trap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they because they prepared you see, well, uh, Olivia, it's tough now because she said she wanted to do Rachel Dolezal. But still you had you had both prepared. But the there. idea of the fact that Rachel, Rachel Dolezal with Harriet Tubman on yeah. – I mean everything about that, that could have been – that could have been gold. It also could have been a train wreck, yeah. but I feel like that could have been really, really funny. True. Uh, have you given all your thoughts on the Snatch Game Tale of the Latte Boy? Yes. All right. Here we go. It's Elimination Day and the girls get ready for the runway. When Utica is asked who might be in the bottom, Utica whispers Olivia's name. Olivia overhears Utica talking about her and calls her out. Next, the girls talk about their family support system. Simone, Elliot, and Rosé all feel lucky to have their family support their drag. Meanwhile, Denali reveals that her family doesn't see her drag career as valid. Kennedy emphasizes the importance of chosen families. For queer people, Taylor, I'm actually going to I'm going to throw to you, but I kind of want to run this a little bit more heavily than I usually do. In, in talking about the Utica and Olivia drama, let's also reference Untucked here in the relevant okay. Untucked conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And where it's also brought up that Utica behaves one way on camera 
and another way off camera, which is interesting. They, they brought it up this season because this has been the same charge that Bianca has made about uh, Ben Delacreme and the same charge mm-hmm. the season five girls have made about Jinx. Okay. Yes. And um, I wanted to get your thoughts on all of this on the untucked and the discussion there and Utica saying this and one thing here and the, oh, and also that. I will say, I have to admit, it's kind of funny if you think about it. They didn't, I can't, they can't, wait, I can't believe they didn't play this for laughs on the show. The idea that all these girls are exhausted eating dinner and Utica's just reading. (laughs) (laughs) And Utica's just like, I have a good idea. Let me read these bitches for filth while they're eating dinner. Candy Muse. As a way to make friends. As yeah. a way to bond with everybody. <laughs> I'm going to offend all of you as you've been working 21 hours yeah. and you're eating a sad little chicken Caesar salad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Candy Muse. Yeah. You're such a fat pig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Denali, you're still here? <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, what were your thoughts on all this? Well, uh, I think... I, this is another example, I think, of where we're seeing Utica being a very smart queen who is, as many of them are, is thinking ahead to what life is going to be like once she becomes known as a Rue girl mm-hmm. and wanting to write the narrative mm-hmm. herself, mm-hmm. want to produce herself mm-hmm. and be the kind one. I think she's going into this thinking, well, if I play my cards right, on camera, I could walk away, at the very least, I could walk away with $10,000 from Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, whereas, or I could walk away with people who love, you know, the, 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 the art kids that feel like they don't have a voice and now they have a voice on Drag Race, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but much like we saw with Bob Ross, we are thinking ahead and we're smart, but we're not good at playing the game. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can tell, particularly in Untucked, that she was not expecting for it to be brought up on the air, the difference. Because we've never really seen that on the air with Bianca, and we've never really saw that with um, with Jinx, where they mm-hmm. definitely kind of went through with that narrative to show them that, you know, this is this is who they are. This was the, the characters that were beloved. Um so this is this is a, a this is kind of puts a crink in her crink in her potential plan here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that it's vindictive on Utica's part. It doesn't seem like it's vindictive. I think it might. I I am going to give her the benefit of the doubt as far as the Olivia thing, mm-hmm. in that she was trying to be kind, yeah, to Olivia mm-hmm. when she had the conversation, and it wasn't like where they were sitting, getting putting their makeup on, and she turned to Denali and went, "Oh shit, did you, you know." Olivia really shit the bed yesterday, huh? It was she was asked, "Who do you think is in trouble?" and she said, "Olivia." So now the reading everybody at dinner, yeah, that's a little different. But it's 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 kind of similar, but opposite. It's the other side of the coin of what we saw with Laganja, where people who knew Laganja in season six said that she acted one way, but then once the cameras were on, it was yes, God, Mama, slay, mm-hmm. you know occur mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's interesting i will be curious to see if this goes anywhere storyline wise over the remaining 85 episodes of the season if we see if we see a difference with utica 
Look, I'm not the only one here, but if you went, I don't know if they did it at the last DragCon, but the drag, the last DragCon I went to, they had the workroom there and you could go uh-huh. in. And it was weird because during the VIP hour, everybody was getting in line for their favorite queen. So they could be in line early. I went to the workroom. I was by myself for like five minutes in the workroom, which I learned later on. It was a huge line to get in. And I think I said this before and I'll say it again, but it, it's relevant here is look, it's, it's a workroom. It's, it's, it's it's big enough for the girls to be in, but it's much smaller than you think it is, and it's the girls are a lot closer to each other than you think it is. So, seeing where Olivia was and where like it would make sense, it would be like if Olivia was like five feet from me right here, and I'm saying like it's Olivia, right? Like, mm-hmm. why would I not think that Olivia could hear me? Like, she's right, right. here, she's closer than right. you think. It's, it's not as big as you see on TV, big, but not as big as you think it is. And uh. And and so that's a strange thing. I agree with you. I think Utica would just be nice. I'm sure Olivia was in her head afterwards and was being nice and saying, like, oh, you did a good job. Um, but then I would have just owned it. But you're right. Utica's doing too much. And I, and I think it's a very good point you made that she's thinking 10 steps ahead and thinking more about after the show rather than her being on the show. She's not present, if you will. You know, right. She, and I mean, you yeah. know, there is an awkwardness to her. Um, I'm, I'm reading in the chat room right now in our discord chat room. And, and, uh, one of our listeners makes a really good point. State of briefings that she seems very socially awkward. So if she is trying to be one of the cool kids, she may be going about it wrong. Whereas it seems like maybe everybody just kind of likes her for her. But she's not sure who she, who, which part of her they like. So she's almost got these, this, these like two faces of Eve. And where they're just saying, just be you. You know, we like you when you're you. We don't like yeah. you, you know, because it seems, you know, maybe it's where it seems fake on both sides. So we'd rather we just have a genuine you versus, you I know, think, what, I th- what you yeah. think that we, we want to see. I think she's genuinely an odd duck. I was going to talk about this at the end, but I'll talk about it now. I haven't seen this in a long time. You saw it in the earlier seasons. But since it's become Best Friends Race, I haven't seen it where a girl is told Shantae you stay and they openly cheer. Mm-hmm. And ignore the person who's just going home. They usually like breathe a sigh of relief, say thank you, and then go hug the other person. But Utica's response was like when she said when she heard her name first, you know, grinning from ear to ear and jumping up and down and cheering and you know prancing off the stage. Meanwhile, Elliot's heart. No, by the way, that's Utica's uh, prerogative and that's her genuine response. Yeah, but it is. It is. It shows you that she's not totally aware of her surroundings. Right. There wasn't any kind of humility in the, oh, someone else is going home. And I almost wonder if there's some sort of aspect to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, uh, I don't know. She, she, she's an odd duck. Um, okay, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I, I did actually, if, for those of you uh, who don't know this, Table of the Latte Boy wrote a book about 15 years ago called We Are Family uh, by Table of the Latte Boy DDS. It was in the bestseller list for a long time. And so he's particularly uh, qualified to speak on this topic. What did you think about this topic, about us choosing our own... Um, you know, gays choosing their family. I mean, this is a field you work in. Our chosen family is better than the ones we are born with. Well, I think that, you know, we are not, no man is an island. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I'm getting there. <laughs> I pitch it, you hit it, knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that support is something that is is so important, especially when we don't necessarily feel supported uh-huh. growing up, particularly you know people LGBTQ people of our age. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up at a time when it wasn't okay to be gay or lesbian or trans or anything like that. So you find. You know, I use this phrase often with you in talking about other groups of people that we know, but everybody sort of needs their own island of misfit toys Mm -hmm. to feel like they fit in. And it is sometimes sometimes that island of misfit toys is people that um, share the same bloodline as you. And that's great. But a lot of times you have to find that yourself, find that yourself, find Mm -hmm. those other misfit toys. And it's important that. When we have that, that it it is, you know, it, it enhances our lives and it's somebody that, you know, we have support, we feel support and you feel the bonds that you wouldn't normally feel with people who have been telling you your entire life or making you feel your entire life that you are wrong or less than mm-hmm. because they know what it's like to feel wrong or less than very often. Yeah. You know, and then there is something really beautiful about what, when you have that chosen family and you talk about that bond that you have where I have things that I would do for friends that I wouldn't do for members of my family, mm-hmm. you know, because I, there is that, there is that fa- familial connection that I have with them because of shared experiences and shared likes and, uh, you know, just, just that connection. It's, I feel like I'm like wandering here, but I, I the, pretty much chosen families are very important. You know, we get to choose our families as gay people. <laughs> we are family available on Amazon. Uh, oh. Oh, it's not? What happened? Yeah. No, I, I had to take it down. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because of that speech I just gave. I, they had oh. to maybe take it down. Uh, no, I think you make a really, really good point, you know? Uh, and, I think, and I think it's very important, actually. It's very important for gay people. And you can do this at any age, by the way. It's never too late to build that support system because we don't have it built in unless you choose to have a, a nuclear family meaning that you have the two kids that you you know get the kids and the husband and the dogs and everything like that then you might choose mm-hmm. that family for yourself but a lot of gays don't and right. so you need to have that support you need to nurture that support system because that's what you have you know like my brother will always have my nieces you know and then their kids and there's that built-in family you need to build your own family because at a certain point it's just going to be you it's not impossible. People do it all the time, but yeah, uh, but you have yeah. to do that. I talk with clients all the time about you know what I have to do a what we call a biopsychosocial assessment with them, mm-hmm. or I have to do one, and I say, tell me about your support network. Who yeah. is who is your support network? And the ones who say, you know, oh, I have lots of friends, or I have a couple of best friends, or you know, mm-hmm. I'm very close to family members, that sort yeah. of thing. They do better mm-hmm. in life, let alone in treatment, than the ones who say, I have no one. You know, or mm-hmm. I have, you know, or I have friends, but they're all over the country. I just text them every once in a while, but they have no one, especially over the last year. Mm-hmm. As people have been more isolated in their homes, I've seen the the short and long-term effects of that on mood, on anxiety, on coping mechanisms, that sort of stuff. And it's, it's you know, it is important, you know, where I have clients in their 60s that I say, you know, we need to, we need to have you find your tribe. Yeah, that that that's something that would really benefit you, you know, but it is hard to make 
friends Mm -hmm. in the gay community, the older you get and Mm -hmm. the less, you know, especially a lot of, you know, I have, I have, I have work friends. I have people that we, there's a group of us in this, that share a hallway that we all just kind of yell to each other in the hallway all, all day. And we all very much are supportive of one another. I have clients who are on disability who don't have that and they don't have friends or the friends they have, they are their drinking buddies or their drugging buddies. And that's not necessarily doing them any favors. Mm -hmm. So it's a question of finding, finding people that you can feel as though are part of your tribe or part of your island and you can and truly, truly support them and have them support you. It's so weird because, you know, our producer, Luke Stamen, his therapist asked him the same question and it took the therapist two years to realize Luke Stamen was talking about, uh, Mario Kart characters. <laughs> he thought they were real people. He thought Mario and Luigi and Princess Peach were, and Yoshi were real people. Yeah. Now, when I'm talking about Island, though, Joe, I'm not talking about your villagers. Oh, well, then that's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, so so Judy and Raymond and Marshall don't count as my no. best friends? No. Do you ever have villagers in Animal Crossing say that you're their best friend? And, and I think, oh, you're not my favorite villager. I will say this. I will say this. And I, this is do with this what you want. I don't know that I talked about. I don't think I talked about this on the show. So you, the day my birthday mm-hmm. was tough this year because of COVID and we weren't going to be able to do things. And we I was supposed to go and do a bunch of stuff and all that kind of stuff. So the morning of my birthday, I played Animal Crossing. Yeah. And as I, you've played on your birthday already, sure I'm have. assuming, right? Yeah. Your, I know your birthday is 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And the part where you get where he they sing the song where KK Slider comes to sing the song and it's reading all of the notes from your villagers over yeah. where the credits normally were, where they're telling you how much they love you and everything. I teared up because I was in such an emotional state <laughs> where I'm like this fucking like red hamster is telling me how important I am to, to her. <laughs> and it's making me sad. It's making me sad. It makes me grateful that if nothing else, I have Apple the hamster cheering me on, telling me how important I am today when the world sucks on my birthday. Taylor, I don't want to make you feel badly. On my birthday this year, uh, there was a conversation about whether my grandma would die from COVID on my birthday. Or not. <laughs> and I didn't tear up on Animal Crossing. I'm not laughing at your grandmother dying. She I'm died sorry, two days later. That is, she died two days later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, now it's time on that note for the looks. <laughs> looks. All right, Taylor. This week the thing the theme was a uh, category with fascinating fascinators. Yes. Try saying that with Bell's palsy. Um, go ahead and do your magic. Fascinating fascinators. Uh, yeah, I was like <laughs> raspberries. Uh, raspberries. Go ahead and do your magic, Taylor. All right. So Olivia Lux came out in a mad scientist inspired outfit with a uh, a liquid mercury fascinator. She came out in a white, uh, I think it might have been like latex or leather lab coat with matching purple gloves, mm-hmm. beautiful red slicked back hair and a fascinator that was silver metallic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she looked amazing. I thought it was a fun look. It was very super villain-esque um, and her makeup was particularly beautiful. So I have I a question a for you. Up. I was wondering sure. when I was watching it. It looked fantastic. I agree with you. It looked fantastic. My question was, was it, I don't know. I don't know anything about fa- fashion or anything like that. But was it a fascinator? Because it looked like it was more like a crown or I don't know, but I don't know if there's a difference. Like it didn't look like it was sitting on her head. It looked like it was actually like a, a crown she was wearing. But I could be wrong. I don't know anything about anything. 
Uh, that would be more a question for somebody who's like maybe Haley or somebody, but I think a fascinator, I mean, a fascinator can come to the front. So, I mean, technically, I mean, it's sort of like a headband that there's a big thing attached to it. And and so, I mean, in that regards, it's still, but yeah, I can see where it sort of looks like a crown where she's getting splashed in the head with liquid uh, mercury. I I would consider it a fascinator. Okay. So next up is Rosé in a rose inspired outfit. Uh, very very roughly and then the big fascinator that made a big flower i thought it was beautiful uh i thought she looked great uh afterwards i did notice on instagram that apparently lala re had a very similar outfit that she was going to wear so that would have been very funny to have two uh rose fascinators on the runway Mm -hmm. but thought it was thought it was very pretty so next up is utica who came out in a picnic basket picnic basket inspired Mm -hmm. outfit Mm -hmm. uh a great look from utica i thought it was fun i liked the ants climbing up the leg and the i mean this is this is a true fascinator in that it was definitely something you could tell what it was and there was a whole story to the entire outfit um uh completely like designed and and it looked was absolutely beautiful so it was a great great look from utica Mm -hmm. next we have simone in a white uh, dress with a white fascinator that almost looked like, I don't know what it was made of, but it almost was like a, a folded paper, like almost like an origami type look. And at first I was sort of like, okay. And then she turned around and had the words say their names uh, on the back of the fascinator with two stoned bullet holes. Uh, absolutely amazing look and sp- spoke so much without saying a lot mm-hmm. um it definitely got the point across and given when this was filmed makes sense well it always makes sense unfortunately but i mean particularly this was at the height of when everything was going on in, in the country and just just an amazing this will this will go down as a very much remembered uh outfit as far as the the history of the series goes, I think. Okay. I think it was very, very important, a very, very important outfit. Um, next up is Gottmik, who came out in a punk inspired outfit with a safety cone inspired fascinator. Uh, it was fun, and she felt very much in her element. She talked about apparently this is normally how she paints her face with the very white, white and black um, face paint, and it was fun, and it was drag, very punk. Mm-hmm. Next up was Denali. Who came out in a uh, like a a car hop diner outfit on roller skates with a cup of coffee fascinator where she was pouring coffee? Michelle said this look was costume. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I mean, this is drag. I mean, this is definitely something where I feel like it was it was well executed. When I hear costumey, I think of something that looks like you like either it was either crafty or something you would buy at a at a Halloween store. That's not what I got from this. I thought that she looked great. I loved the fascinator, um, and was was very very impressed with the entire look. I thought it was a, I thought it was a great great look. Mm-hmm. Next up was Elliot with two T's, who came out in a flamingo inspired outfit, much like RuPaul. I had no idea this was supposed to be a flamingo. I didn't get the one arm and the one leg that were in sort of like the nude loose fabric Mm -hmm. um and the hair with the ombre uh going from blonde to hot pink i couldn't tell if that was like a fur wrap or if that was actually part of the wig um but i did like the fascinator the sort of mohawky feather look so i thought it was i thought it was probably the one of the weakest looks of the night on the runway 
next, uh, but not the weakest look. We're going to get to that later. Oh. Tina Burner came out in a ensemble inspired by like a horse racing oh, yeah. outfit. It was uh, a brown. I'm not sure what it was made of, but it had sort of the the flower collar mm-hmm. like they put around the winners of the horse and uh, carrying a blue ribbon purse. And she had a horse head fascinator. Yeah. I think I loved the idea of this. The execution on it was not my favorite. I feel like it looked very bulky. And considering Tina Burner isn't necessarily a very petite queen, Mm -hmm. it didn't do her any favors. But there were details. There was particular one detail that I noticed in a in Untucked where like she had a ring that was an oversized ring that looked like a horseshoe that I thought was a very like, okay, that's one of those details that I wish I had seen that on the runway because mm-hmm. I think it would have helped me to like the outfit a little bit more. So, uh, they had this next- thing at DragCon one year uh-huh. where you would get in this, um, I think you paid for it. You would get on this like stand and this like, they had the cameras all around you and it take a 3d picture of you. Mm-hmm. And then you could look at it in your outfit or something like that. And I was like, why don't they do this on the show so that later on and after the when the show airs, we could look at the girls and spin them and see the entire outfit. That would be great. Well, that, because that costs money. This, 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 is, this is a Viacom show. They don't I know, but they pay, I don't know. Go ahead. All right. So next up is Candy Muse. Yeah. This fascinator yeah. looks like it cost about a dollar seventy-five. Okay. It made no sense to me. It looked cheap. Mm-hmm. It was wiggling around all over the place. Mm-hmm. And she looked like the, you know, we've talked about that I love houndstooth. Mm-hmm. This was a way to not use houndstooth. I thought it just, it just looked, she looked dumpy. Oh, really? It, it was just not a good look. She looked, she looked like an evil Cupid doll to me. And I, I don't get I mean, what what she was thinking with this. Maybe she saw something, buddy, and thought that she. she I, I don't know. But this this was this when she came out. I went, oh god. When mm-hmm. when she came out with, it. I was I was hoping for something better. I feel like Candy is very. I either really like her outfits or really hate her outfits. There doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be anything in between. And this is one that I was not a fan of at all. What was the what was your top look of the week? My top look of the week, uh, scrolling through them really fast. I'm going to say Utica. Oh, uh, yeah, Utica. Utica is probably my top look of the week. Plus, I also like that. I like when queens, we saw this with Katya and everything, do like hairstyles and like have various accessories that are very of a certain time. You know, Utica had on the very Carol Burnett, Carol Brady kind of very short bob with the 1980s glasses and there was something about that that i like mm-hmm. that i like that aesthetic just because it reminds me of growing up yeah um growing up around women who dressed and looked like that mm-hmm. so that was probably that was the one that i thought was the most fun i would say i really liked olivia Lux's as well and i loved simone's for the statement of mm-hmm. it what, 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 do you have a favorite? Or I do. Favorites? I really liked Rosé's look. I'm a sucker for yes. that, though. I loved Rosé. I'm like, if I was a drag queen, I would wear this dress everywhere. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, those are... The looks. The looks. All right. Um, on the main stage, Simone, Tina Burner, and Candy Muse are sent backstage to Untuck. Got Mick wins the challenge, and Utica with and Elliot with two T's are forced to fight in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Fascinated by Company B. 
after a song like that, I imagine you just loved because you just loved. Oh, as soon as that song started, I was like, yes, great song. Because that is so 1986 Channel 17 in Philadelphia used to have a show called Dance It On Air. And it was all like 14 and 15 year olds that they just had where it was just them dancing. It was like American Bandstand, but it was in the 80s in Philadelphia. And that was very much a song that would have played during that time. So it was very much, it took me back to middle school. That was very, that very company B fascinating. After all is said and done, Utica to- was told Shantae, you stay while Elliot with two T's was asked to sashay away. Taylor, the latte boy, any final thoughts on this lip sync on the episode? Give it to us all. Uh, I actually was pleasantly surprised with Utica's lip sync. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was a lot of fun okay. to watch. And for somebody who is known as a dancer, mm-hmm. I thought Elliot's lip sync. Elliot looked like she was done. Mm-hmm. Elliot looked like she was ready to go home. It, she she yeah, was very, uh, very much of the word. Like I was expecting at least a split or a death drop or something. And there was nothing there. So I don't know if it was because the outfit was prohibiting her from doing it or if she just was like, you know what? I've had my fun. I'm ready well, to no, you know, you're hitting a good point. I think this happens on this show. Snatch Game is a benchmark for the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel I can't get into Elliot with two T's head. But um, there could be a thing where it's like, you know, I didn't even, I mean, I got at the Snatch Game and I realize now I'm out of my league. And mm-hmm. this, if I want to go out, I'm going to go out here. I made the yeah. Snatch Game. And, you know, I'm done. Yeah. You know, she'd already lip sync once or twice, too. So, like, she's just like, okay, it's my time to go. I'm not going to. Yeah. It's time to go. Um, Weird that RuPaul told Gottmik directly to her face that her runways just crush it every single time. You don't really hear that often. That was an odd. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. That was sort of, I feel like we went, we've gone back to the days of, for a long time, it seemed like Rue let the other judges do the talking and then she would just respond yeah. by laughing yeah. at things they were saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on this show and on UK, we're seeing her, well, we definitely saw her on UK, mm-hmm. have some comments a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but we're seeing her more engaging with the Queens. And part of this may be, as you and I've talked about that she's enjoying herself more or that she's recognizing that she, you know, th- this might be where everybody's been in the house for a period of time. She's just enjoying being out and and talking to people and doing things. True. But it's yeah. it's it, that was an interesting. I don't know if she was trying to plant a seed to like kind of have get under the other girl's skin mm-hmm. or what. But I mean, but it is true. Gottmik has got some really really great looks. This she's week. had some kind of underwhelming looks. I'll be honest with you. Oh now. Um, I know. There's some debate online about this. Do you think, A, that Olivia should have been safe? And, B, do you think that Simone sh- should have been safe? People think like Simone should have been in the top three rather than Denali. Denali's in the top three. Simone isn't. So Okay. Could you repeat the question? Oh, let's, let's, let's attack Simone and Denali. Should Denali have been in the top three? And if not, should Simone have been in her place? I would say between Denali and Simone, because we've seen this character, we've seen this inflection and everything from Simone before. I think that she was, she was probably fourth, I would mm-hmm. assume. Mm-hmm. So, but because Denali, as you said, Denali was really good at like 
you know, hit the zingers back kind of thing. She was doing something that we haven't seen Denali do before. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me that Denali was in the top three. Yeah. She did what RuPaul likes to call the volley. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Uh, do you think Olivia should have been in the bottom two instead of Utica or uh, Elliot? Or the, was, the right, was it the right bottom two? I think... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Utica definitely should have been in the bottom, but you're talking about Elliot and Elliot and uh, Olivia. I mean, they were both kind of equally Mm -hmm. not great. Yeah, yeah. They weren't, but Olivia's look was stronger. Olivia's, yeah, I was going to say Olivia's look was definitely stronger because even Rue said at once, she goes, I didn't know it was a flamingo until you pointed out it was a flamingo, which I almost think maybe it wasn't a flamingo. But, <laughs> but when Michelle said that, she knew enough to go, yes, absolutely, it's a flamingo. That's what I'm doing here. By the um, way, by the way, um, remember, Untucked is filmed before they do the lip sync. So this weird Utica shit that came up there in Untucked may have saved Utica's life. Oh, okay. Or saved Olivia. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Saved Olivia. Saved Olivia. Though there was, there would have been a chance there though that, uh, yeah, but the only problem is if they thought they had a Utica storyline, why not put Elliot up against Olivia? Because Utica was clearly worse than Olivia. And they're not ready for Elliot right. and Utica to but, go head to head yet. But that, but then if that's one of those where then they save Utica, <clears throat> then that pisses off everybody else because they think, why would they say, you know, and then potentially get rid of Olivia, even though if it, I have a feeling that Olivia would have killed Elliot too, because yeah. if that lip sync was so subpar. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. That could have easily been a all three of you lip sync. True. Good point. Anything else, Taylor? Have you said everything you need to say on the show? I believe I have. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, Sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. We'll be right back.